Hello everybody and welcome back to Panel by Panel, the mm, thrice annual <laughs> comics podcast. <laughs> it's been too long. <laughs> yeah. Where we uh, we where we try to deal with the, the wide and wonderful world of comics with intellectual curiosity and tender love. Um, I am Jared Green. I'm John Mango. Uh, welcome back. It's 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 been a bit. We've been a little bit busy. Um, if anything, you know more than than comics this podcast is probably just a uh an accumulation of of you know uh free spaces in our lives as you can kind of map map those out here and there winter break right before <laughs> yeah. school starts yep um, yep that's yeah that is entirely fair it's more of a, a constellation of moments that we had to spare rather than it is uh any sort of like real chart uh unto itself Interesting thing, Definitely. we've probably picked up more listeners in this off period than we had any time we were posting regularly. I don't want to read too much into it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. Well, loyal listeners, if you're ever wondering, oh man, I wonder when the next panel by panel podcast will be released. It's been uh, four months now. Mm -hmm. um, just think, are the children in school? If they're out of school, a podcast is probably on its way. Right. If they're in school, you might have to wait a little bit. It's, right. it's kind of like it's kind of like Groundhog Day, but you just get it like four times a year. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, we'll come outside and we'll, we will not see our shadow. We will not be frightened, and we'll record a podcast. What if there were like four Groundhog Days a year, or like so many that like you had to keep pushing back the calendar or the weather because like just constantly doing Groundhog Days. Well, I was yeah. actually thinking about something related to this the other day. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, uh -huh. uh, the Groundhog is just like one um weather determining right uh, animal it, it, it right. is just just kind of one cultural cultural touchstone yeah um that answers the question hey when's this winter shit gonna end because <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, i was reading the other day about the, the burly bear caterpillar the little um like uh, yeah uh, brown and yep. black caterpillar yep yep, yep. um you, people also and i totally forgotten about this i knew about this when i was a kid my dad told me about it but i'd forgotten it for for years and years people also like look to those to determine yep. like how long winter right. is going to be yeah like if it's if it's uh more black then no oh, it's gonna be a bad winter if it's more right. reddish brown okay it's gonna be it's gonna be a short one so um theoretically we could have more groundhog days we could have Berlin what if day we could have groundhog day we could have sun bear day that is like sun bear day know. yeah sun bears are cool i don't really know how they determine weather but i'd love to see a sun bear sure i'm getting anytime. a brainstorm here though what if we design a new superhero team that is all of these animals and their battle against the predictions of weather <laughs> I don't know how um, they'd fight it. I guess they'd just out try to out protect each other, predict each other or something. I don't know yet. I'm sure. I'm sure in, in like the Marvel canon at least, there's like some uh, manifestation of of like uh, of weather predictions or of like predictions itself. Like you know how there's there's like there's like the universe and there's like yeah. time and yep. like all these yep. like dis, dis, discrete characters that right. just uh, yeah are just like physical forces and things like right, that. Right, right, uh, I'm right, sure there's yeah. one one like that for for winter. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah although yeah. i have yeah. to say like if i had the power to predict something and it just turned out to be the weather it would be useful but i'd be bummed yeah well yeah. thing about the weather is that it moves extremely slowly for the most part right um i mean we're entering an arrow that's that's probably not going to be the case <laughs> right uh more, more for much rapidly. for yeah. much for much longer but you know for, for most of my life uh you know when it's february you can kind of think about it and be like all right there's probably about a month of, of winter right. left you don't need any animal right. to tell you what to do you just kind of lean on That's experience right. and, and take on this animals. for a long time yeah. um i don't need no rodent telling me what's going no, on no no fuck off rodent no fuck off fuck yeah. off that's um, right 
but yeah, so that's that's what's been going on here. Been reading about uh, caterpillars. Um, that's true. To go, about to go back to work. Semester's about to start again. Ah. On Monday. Um, yeah. But we are back. We're gonna put out a podcast before all that craziness starts. Right. Yes. Um, just a few things at the top of the show here. Um, you could reach us by email at uh, panelbypanelpals at gmail.com. We're mm-hmm. also on Twitter at panelbypanelpod. And I do not remember if we have an Instagram <laughs> account yet. Um, uh, I been, th- we, we might. We'll have to look into that. We may be squatting on it. Um, right. Uh, on, on, it, it would be at panelbypanelpod if, it, if uh, we did have one. Um, right. I have that noted somewhere. Right. I don't know what it means. Right. <laughs> um, just, just ancient writings from from current iterations of myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, check us out there. Add us on iTunes. Um, you know, we we are all up on all those those things now. Um, if if we get a little bit more, uh, more feedback, and I have a little bit more um more free time to to just spend browsing Twitter. Um, we will be definitely be you know yes. reply to any emails, answer any questions. Um, if you have any requests for things to talk about, oh, that'd future, be would, that'd be awesome. Would love love yeah. to hear that. Love to hear about what you uh, all out there are interested in. Right. Um, for us to talk about, yeah, yeah. Or, or just drop us a line, and say hey, say hey, uh, go fuck yourself, drop dead. Um, your opinions. Oh, that would be lovely. Uh, about about Spider Man's uh, costume uh, were bad, <laughs> and quite frankly, I wish you uh, just the worst of luck and a very grisly death. You You're t- talking t- about your that, own opinions, there, right? Mine were fine. <laughs> Yeah, your opinions are all good. Mine are all, nice. all the bad yeah. ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, uh, welcome back, John. Um, how are you doing? I'm actually doing pretty good. We're starting the semester up soon. I am very nervous because it's going to be extremely busy, but I feel like I'm hanging in there. That being said, there is a large, weird cloud of socio-political stress hanging over everything. Isn't there always? Isn't there uh, always? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of that... Yeah. Um, is the comic that we read for today, which is Sabrina by right. Nick Dr. Nazo. Um, I, I believe how you... No, it's uh, Dronasso, I think. I think so. that's is, what is we that, decided to is go Is how with. we're going to yeah. go with it. Um, we're going to live and die by this pronunciation. <laughs> uh, it is a 2017 publication from John and Quarterly. Um, mm-hmm. It is, uh, believe it or not, not about witches. Uh, right. When, when John first suggested it, uh, I was like, uh, you know, I've been I've been watching a little bit of that of that um that sally draper sabrina show mm-hmm. on netflix mm-hmm. um pretty good you know I, I watched the melissa joan hart one uh yeah on abc when i was a kid right. but you know i'm not just not much of a of a witch guy i'm not sure about this one uh, well uh, you John, know why the more you get involved with the sabrina the more it turns you into an evangelical christian for example <laughs> melissa joan hart is an evangelical christian that's true that's and that's true about um if you look at like all a lot of those '90s like television stars, like the young yep. ones, like a lot yep. of them went Christian. Like I think like oh, half, yeah. the, half the Full House cast, yeah, like just became like totally like tr- traditional like Christian housewife, yeah, thing. Yep. Um, uh, what's her name? Danielle Fischel, Topanga from from Oh, Bowling for real, World. Topanga. Uh, I believe she is oh, is fairly Topanga. Christian uh, as okay. well. Um, and then Melissa Joan Hart too. Um, yeah. Who knows what Harvey is is these days from from sabrina the teenage witch oh yeah uh you know he could be i don't know he could be an isis or for all we know <laughs> that guy <laughs> this won't completely wahibis sunni islam <laughs> you know the late 90s were a weird time a lot, uh, of, a lot totally. of stuff happened totally. but anyway uh no this is this is uh, nick dernasa's sabrina came out in 2017 um if you were to s- sum this uh sum this up in one way you know what would it be? What is, is it a drama? Is it kind of a, a memoir? Is it, Ooh. is it, 
Um, Genre-wise, what are we dealing with? Honestly, so it 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 seems to fit most. Well, I think there's like a core um, disjunction at the center of it, which is that everything that it presents seems to fit neatly into drama. Like it's characters who have conflicts and move through their lives and interact with each other, but the tone is much more of a horror um, kind of thing. There's like this oppressive atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I guess like there's even like some elements that seem kind of absurd too that that are like sprinkled throughout there. Um, but that might be more of just the handling of the characters themselves and the yeah, the, the, the horror is very much of like a postmodern nature, I'd say like yeah, it's, definitely. It's, there's no gore there's no right um kind of direct like spookiness or right. or supernatural right um no elements like that but uh it is is very existentially and um psychologically um horrifying in, yeah. in a few different ways yeah yeah and we'll get to those um but uh, just a few few more details about uh about sabrina um mm-hmm. like i said 2017 it was long listed for the man booker prize um yeah. uh, for those of you uh, I thought you may not know the Man Booker Prize is basically like the. Mm. So in recent years, they've they've been trying to uh, become more legitimate and more wide reaching. But traditionally, it was kind of like the Pulitzer Prize of Britain. Mm. Um, but you know, unlike the American Pulitzer, which is was awarded to like books that you know nobody reads after the year the Pulitzer is awarded and they're <laughs> <Yeah>. largely forgotten. <laughs> like, seriously, go look yeah. at a list of like Pulitzer award winning novels it's like what what are these books when do they come out it's funny because like like if you look at the 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 years they weren't awarded was like the year this is the pulitzer i think like the year gravity rain gravity's rainbow was in contention to to win it and they're like no we can't do it sorry and like that book still gets read so yeah it kind of proves the point yeah the pulitzer blows but the man booker prize is, is is pretty cool um used to be just for um for Great Britain, but in recent years they've expanded it, or sorry, the Commonwealth, um, so like English-speaking mm. um, members of, of the Commonwealth, so people in South Africa, New Zealand, Canada, um, you know, et cetera. There's like 30-some countries in the Commonwealth at this point, I think. Mm. Um, but in recent years they've expanded it quite a bit. They've uh, um, expanded the reach to translations into English. Mm-hmm. Um, they've fully opened it up to Americans, which, mm. which made a lot of people mad. Mm. Um, I think Philip Roth won a Booker a few years ago, and that was that oh, was the huh. first one. Um, but uh, th- what what I think they're kind of do is is trying to kind of um, position themselves as a much more legitimate uh, literary prize than even the Nobel Prize. Which uh, yeah. for for people who haven't follow, following that, uh, they're not awarding it this year because um, the Nobel two members of the Nobel Committee are embroiled in all kinds of like rich French person scandals, essentially. No kidding. Um, involving like mistresses and oh, misappropriation of nobel money oh jeez um, of course and i think maybe even some like sexual assault i'm not I don't, I don't yep. it's yeah okay. it's 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 really messy so the book i think the booker is kind of trying to sweep in uh and kind of position itself as a more legitimate successor to the nobel in a way at least one not marred by as much corruption upfront right. corruption right, right, uh, right but but sabrina has a distinction of being the first graphic novel to ever be um, long listed for the for the Man Booker Prize for to be even considered for for the prize at all, which is you know quite quite an honor really for um, Dernasso. Um, so my my question for for you, uh, John, as as a fellow, um, you know, uh, 
literary scholar, uh-huh. uh, or at least former in, in a former, former. life, yeah, liter- literary scholar. Yeah. Um, what do you think? What do you think it is about this this graphic novel about Sabrina that makes it worthy of of such a distinction of being included with with you know you know people like Thomas Pynchon, people like. Um, uh, you know, Ali Smith, people, you know, you know, titans of, of world literature. Um, why does it belong? I think, I think probably because it manages to uh, succeed in the extremely difficult task of capturing the zeitgeist as the zeitgeist still exists. Um, and it does, and I would say this is especially dif- difficult in our, in, in the current environment, given how like effusive it feels which Mm -hmm. perhaps is what it feels like every time you're inside it but because so much of ours is about um massive structures that don't seem to make much sense and communicate in bizarre ways with half information that becomes all the more difficult to do and i think the way that um sabrina is able to communicate that stuff um which relies heavily upon sort of ambiguous images and ambiguous imagery that then goes on to reflect the very stuff we kind of encounter day to day and the kind of like weird anime that seems to exist. Um, mm-hmm. It lends the work with a, a, a huge amount of heft that I haven't really seen in a story recently. Yes, yes, I, I completely ag- agree with um with, with that account right there um mm-hmm. I, I think you know as a, as a literary art as a piece of literary art um wh- where sabrina really succeeds is in um not only just kind of capturing a uh you know a, a, a sense of, of the spirit of the age or the zeitgeist of, of kind of um the psychological underpinnings of, of a lot of like modern society yeah uh, it, it does a really good job of capturing that but it does a good job of capturing that in a way that is kind of counter to um popular trends in, in literature shall yeah. we say yeah 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 um you know for, for those of you who read a lot those involved in, in uh literary world or even just kind of you know you know read once in a while um uh there's a i don't know craze or trend or the, the uh the style right now is heavily tilted towards personal experience mm. memoirs mm-hmm. um novels of, of experience mm-hmm. uh, stories about you know um individual mm. uh people kind of dealing with their own individual struggles mm. in a personal and and um you know highly individual way mm. uh this is kind of uh, what drives mfa programs um within yeah. uh graphic novels you know the ones published by people like yeah. john quarterly you see a lot of these uh kind of personal memoirs um, and, and especially in comics, it's an incredibly powerful way to, to tell a personal story. Sure. Um, so it's really, really effective. Um, yeah. Alison Bechdel, I think, is, is probably yeah, yeah, definitely the master of of, yep. of this kind of of, of comic writing. Um, right. And she she does it with with a whole lot of right uh, thought behind it. Right. Um, Harvey Pekar would probably be the progenitor of that kind mm-hmm, of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a yeah, rich tradition of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and it makes sense, right? In an age right. where people are kind of feeling a lot of different anxieties right. uh, about things, just kind of uh, simple um, questions about about living and how to live that that were kind of taken for granted, maybe in, in decades past, are now kind of being reevaluated. Yeah. Um, in, in the context of you know uh, climate change and, and yep. you know, renewed political hostilities and things like yep. that. Um, Sabrina, uh, kind of 
it exists within that milieu, mm-hmm. and it kind of feeds off. It, it's dealing with the, the, the same anxieties, the same energies. Uh, but what it does that's really impressive as a work of art, I think, is it kind of takes um, the aggregate of all those personal stories and tells yeah. a much more comprehensive comprehensive yes. um, story about kind of yes. the, the collective impact of uh, that enemy that you're talking about, those anxieties, yeah. like... The, the you know if you take all of the the personal memoirs the stories of trauma um, the stories of depression um, right. all those things that have been kind of so in vogue in, in the past few years and probably just continue to be in vogue as the world continues to destroy itself <laughs> um, what you get is the feeling behind every panel yeah Sabrina. yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah all the all those individual stories that kind of melt together yeah and they just kind of create this this you know this sea this this black right. ooze that yeah. like is behind everything in Sabrina. That it's it's there. You can feel it, but you can't see it. You can I interject it, something very um, directly, very quickly, Jarrett? Abs- absolutely. Um, so there is a because I think it fits what you're saying really well. There's uh, about the sort of difficulty of using just the sort of personal memoir as the um, as the way to understand the world. There, there's this mm-hmm. this there's this book is riddled with these kind of interactions, but there's one that stands out to me in which one of the main characters, Calvin, who's this sort of like ho-hum guy who works a desk job for the air force. Um, and he, he keeps talking about how he wants to get back with his wife and kids. And because in certain moments, the book seems to be like, he runs parts of the narrative, right? It follows his mm-hmm. him yeah. around. He's in the frame of every picture we kind of assume he's being entirely honest that he's trying his best to get his wife and kids back, right? Or wife and kid mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Yeah, um, his interactions with people, he always brings them up. He's, yeah. he, he seems to genuinely want to get back with them. Right. And so, like, from that personal narrative, if he was writing that story, it would be like, hey, I was really trying hard. He'd be like, oh, you're trying hard. But there's this one time where he calls, and she's like, what? his wife picks up, and she's like, what are you doing? You haven't contact- contacted us for three months. Like, and you're talking mm-hmm. about moving back? And that just pops out of nowhere. We had no way of knowing, because he had this idea in his head and it was presented as such, we had no mm-hmm. way of knowing this other huge amount of information that was important to the story. And that sort of, like, weird uh, disconnect is emblematic of the kind of, like, black ooze you're talking about that that kind of pops up when you see that this is an intersubjective story it's a story about how people actually interact rather than one person's attempting to make sense of themselves and, and yeah that's that's a really good that's a really good illustration of, of what i'm talking about um yeah. and it, it goes kind of goes even further because um uh what was i gonna say here um oh man i'm completely losing my thought here Sorry about that, folks. It's all right. They're they're there. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, oh, that that's exactly okay. Uh, it's back. Um, <laughs> yeah. a, a, a really important theme in this uh, in this story is information. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And and you know, getting the facts, yep. researching things for yourself, kind of yep. understanding the world. A, a lot of these these characters, or at least um, some of the. Uh, um, you know, there's there's a Alex Jones like radio show yeah in uh, in this um, in this book that takes uh, a, a pretty pretty big part of the plot because yeah I think so yeah yeah because a, a whole bunch of, of Sabrina deals with um, you know f- for lack of a better term fake news or yeah. Um, yeah. conspiracy theorists you know yeah. false flag kind of uh, accusations media think- trying to put together a narrative with information it doesn't have 
Yeah. Well, I think it's more people people trying to figure these things out via the media. Yeah. The okay. Me- the media yes. Doing that. Yeah. Sure. All right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you you can see that there's a, a shooting in Colorado mm-hmm. and that 20 people were killed. But if right. I'm in if I'm in Ohio, right? If I'm if I'm in right. Vermont and I just see that on you know the television, see that on cable right. news, right? Um, I, I see that and I think, okay, I could believe that. Or, right. you know, cable news has told me a lot of stuff that I know is not true. Right. Um, I've known, I know from going on the internet and reading these sites that, you know, there's things they don't tell me. There's things right. they manipulate. Um, right. I think, I think even uh, at one point in the in the story, uh, a, a guy grumbles about being lied to about the Gulf of Tonkin incident. In oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. That that uh, the Johnson administration uses it an excuse to get more involved in, in the Vietnam War. Right. Um. So like, this isn't, isn't even just like a nine eleven thing, uh, a Iraq War thing. A, oh, there's a know, long uh, history of it. Yeah. There's a long history of like. Well, the that's media what d- makes it complex, right? Is like there are actual incidents that were totally total bullshit. Yeah, it's not just like people you know losing their minds for no reason. It's the right. fact that like there are known liars in positions right. of power, right. and those right. people are still there. And, um, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, so this this idea that I have some information, mm-hmm. but I know I don't have all the information, mm-hmm. and the that information could harm me is kind of a lot of the, those anxieties. Like not even the ones about murder or war or you know famine or, any, or anything like right. that. It's it's just kind right. of you know I don't know everything, and right. that could harm me down the road. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it's, it's much about information. Yeah. As about anything else. Yeah. Um, which is again kind of a really timely thing, and the way that Dernasso goes about making information and, and and lack of information kind of a central theme without, you know, having a lot of computer screens, for example. Though there right. are some some emails that we see there, right. um, is really impressive. Right. Right. And I, we should probably make a note about the art too. Um, it's very. Oh, definitely. The thing I, I first when I first um, saw, I'm like, oh, this is kind of like Chris Ware. Yeah. Style. There's yeah certainly. Very um, cartoonist. Yeah. Um, in effect. Right. Um, but but I like that because it, it really allowed for clean storytelling. Yeah. Um, you know everything was was nice and even. Uh, gave the art uh, gave uh, Dernasso a lot of control over what he wanted to do. Yeah. With these people. Um, yeah. And uh, I think you want to say something about the faces. Uh yeah. I, I mean, th- there's a few things here. I I think like. Dernasso is definitely borrowing from Chris Ware. Um, and, and I think he does a good job with it. Like, um, there's one scene, we'll probably return to it a bit later, but in which um, Calvin is asking Teddy, Teddy is the, the boyfriend of Sabrina who was murdered. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, Teddy, how are you doing? What do you want to do with your life? Are you going to do something good? Uh, you can put this pain towards meaning. And um, you see Teddy look up, and then in the next frame, it just says Black Friday deals. Like, he's looking at a sign that says Black Friday deals, suggesting that Teddy is looking at that picture and thinking about maybe the emptiness of such a thing, right? Mm -hmm. That's a pretty typical Chris Ware style of uh, creating associations. And it's one that I think is used effectively here. I think also uh, very careful um, paneling. Uh, Yes. Very rarely are... Or more often than not, characters are not in the same panel together. It happens, but it's more often they're in their own panel, which gives it this really claustrophobic yeah. effect. Yeah, he just uh, his paneling was really, really interesting to me because he really um, liked to do this. He used like he like twelve panel yeah. pages, nine panel pages, a yeah. lot of twelve. But the the one yeah. he really liked to use was two small panels. Yeah. 
one on top of the other. Yeah. Um, you know, each, each different character talking to one another or something like that, and then yeah. both of them together in in one larger yeah panel. Yeah. I mean, he he used that pattern an awful lot, and I haven't really seen that in a whole lot of other other people's work. Um, yeah, it gives it, it this r- weird rhythm of like moving into the uh, move or like moving into the one person and then moving to the other person and then like adding the joining panel of them together which mm-hmm. a lot of the times they're like very they're very quiet kinds of panels you know mm-hmm. there's not too much happening and it just adds to this like cottony atmosphere of stuff being in between people you know yeah it, it kind of heightens the the alienation that i think a lot of these yeah. characters are feeling because like right. they are together right in the same room together but they're first presented in their own boxes. It's very anti-cinematic, right? Like, in, yeah. like kind of classic filmmaking. You have like the the, the wide shot, which is both characters, and then if they're having a dialogue, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, yeah, back and forth yeah. like that. But this is the complete reverse. You, you show the characters first in their own little boxes. Wait, that's really interesting, dude. I think this does do a lot of stuff with not giving you a lot of establishing shots. You know, mm-hmm. and like that's that's, it, that's definitely it, part of its strength. I think is a lot of times you're not really sure. Who the what? Who these characters are? Or what they're absolutely, talking about for, yeah. For a second. In fact, so uh, um, this will kind of link us to um, what I wanted to get out with the the faces too. Is the first like image of the book looks like it's a kind of like a Polaroid or something, mm-hmm. some kind of like close up photograph of Sabrina, mm-hmm. and it's this ambiguous image of with her with her hand up and she might be laughing but there's something kind of intrusive intrusive about the picture too Mm -hmm. um and it gives this like there's this weird for me there's this weird anxiety around the picture in which you can't quite tell what's happening right it's that lack of information which then you know uh connects back to what were you saying about not having the complete complete story and i think Dernazzo carries this over into the way he draws faces, which by and large are kind of like bleached of content, emotional yes. content. Um, there aren't and, even dimples. No, really. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they're very, very plain. You don't often see people's pupils. Usually eyes are just sort of like dark dots. And mm-hmm. um, what this tends to do is it tends to put like a lock on all of the emotion that could or should be in the scene due to what's being talked about the intensity of of what's being talked about but instead is just like fluffed over of like oh we're not gonna touch on this it's too threatening to actually Mm -hmm. address the emotionality that exists and so um we'll just continue with these neutral faces and i think i think it works really interestingly in tandem with kind of the the black ooze we're talking about this like feeling yeah. of doom or, or depression or yeah. isolation alienation whatever you want to call it maybe yeah. all of them together yeah um in in the background because it kind of goes kind of works against what we talked about in the very first episode of this podcast um which is um scott mcleod's right uh kind of read on on why comics are so impactful as a medium is because you can kind of project your own emotions right. onto these these very basic right. characters like right. um, you know these these characters kind of do look like scott mcleod smiley faces or, right. or right. expressionless faces or whatever that he shows in um and how to how to uh understanding comics um but you know even if someone is smiling on the page you know, yep. it looks like you know it's an upturned semicircle it looks like they're in, in some sort of good mood um because of all the other th- stuff going on in the yep. background, because of this kind right. of this almost this, this horror movie ambiance uh, to the whole to the whole um, to the whole comic, 
it, that prevents us from kind of making that connection. Like I, yeah. I can't, I can't imprint my own happiness onto that that smiley face because I know, yeah, it's a false smiley face, and that that I, person I th- is is actually not feeling that way at all. Absolutely, I think like when I look at one of these faces, I don't, I have so many other feelings that want to exist because they are attached to shit I've heard about. And yet, mm-hmm. if the smiley face is the only thing it can attach to, that innately, like, pushes down all of that anger or fear. And so it has to bubble up in other ways. And I yes. think this book shows a lot of how that uh, – what those other ways look like. Yes. Um, the, the character Teddy, I think, is, is yes. um, kind of the best example of, of kind yeah. of, of how Dronasso played with these faces because uh, he is not having a good time. He's having a real bad time <laughs> in this comic. Uh, his his girlfriend is the eponymous Sabrina. Um, yep. She's she's kidnapped, murdered. The whole right. kind of world sees it um, right. through a, a video that is leaked online. Right. Um, and so th- th- so because of this, and in, in light of this, he his mom sends him to Colorado yep. to live with Calvin, the right. aforementioned um, Air Force, the, the the Chair Force guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what they call it. Uh, and they're kind of trying to, you know, recover or have a have a place to rest or you know, right? Get out of get out of his funk or whatever. Right. Um. But he he is just a husk, right? He's yeah. in in the throes of, of of a deep, deep, deep depression. Yeah. Um. Uh, a lot of the things he was doing, I related with <laughs> quite a bit. Oh sure, yeah. Um, just just the kind of feeling of like not having any thoughts, uh, not really feeling like you exist yet. You still do. Right. And that contradiction right. kind of eating at you in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. but throughout, but throughout he's, he does have a smile on his face in, in a few of these, right. these panels, right. even right. though you can just tell like, it, right. There's nothing to smile about for well, this man. I actually think the, um, that, that scene in which Calvin, uh, picks, um, Teddy up from the airport is pretty telling. Because mm-hmm. Calvin knows what's happening, right? We, we yes. later learn that Calvin has a sense of, of what's happening, that Sabrina is gone, Teddy's here, he's having a bad time, they haven't seen each other for years. But mm-hmm. Calvin's incredibly out of touch with uh, his emotions and, you know, his wife's and all of those things. So, um, you know, he sees he sees Teddy and he does the small talk of, like, how is, how is the train? You yeah, know. he says, you know, I like your hair. <laughs> right, I like your hair. Because he got Which long hair. Oh, totally anodyne, anodyne kind of conversation, right? And then never addresses the fact that Teddy is going through some real shit. He just kind of like, shows about him around. Yeah, and so like that, imagine being somebody's really old friend and being either too out of touch or too afraid to ask them about this really traumatic moment in their life and why he doesn't ask we don't entirely know but nonetheless that that cottony sense starts to pop mm-hmm. up again that distance you know yeah and from his ex-wife we can maybe guess that he didn't do it because he just it doesn't occur to him yeah 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 <laughs> he, he which really is doesn't... maybe to me a little more terrifying that he just kind of floats through you know yeah I, I, that's the thing about calvin as a, as a character um that really sticks with me is he's not he's not a bad person right but he is a bad person yes yeah like there's 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 seemingly no malice in him he he does seemingly like in his own world at least seems to care about the people around him or in his in his family his daughter things like that um but yet he's just so just kind of 
Yeah, dude, he's he's Lazy, not a bad person. Stupid. Uh, doesn't really yeah. think about others. <laughs> Questionable if he even thinks at all about anything. Yeah. He's well, he's, kinda... he's he's not a bad person, but he's bad at being a person. Yeah. You know? And that, that raises the question: like, whose fault is that? I don't know, right? right who's, in many whose fault ways, is it? Seems it... not really his fault entirely, you know. And how many people are like Calvin? How many people are there? Absolutely, that are just so numb to the world that they come home, they put on a snuggie, right? They they eat, <laughs> they you know, crack some a pizza beer while it. their friend is sobbing. Yeah, they they crack a beer and have a cigarette and a snuggie, <laughs> you know, while while their their friend's like <laughs> girlfriend's corpse is being shown all, all across the world. Like it's right. And here's the it, thing, though. Cause, it's like, mind-blowingly, like, just normal. Right. Absolutely. I, and I don't think the book wants to point to him as a bad guy, right? Because everybody in the book is just as, like, wrapped up in themselves and wants to wants right. to do the right thing, but doesn't seem to know how. So, like, one of the, one of the really interesting scenes to me was when... Um, uh, Sabrina's sister Sandra shows a little bit of what she goes through and she goes to this sort of like spoken word kind of thing where Uh people gather and somebody will go on stage and they'll tell a story Mm -hmm. and then people will clap and they'll get down off the stage and like having gone to like the moth and stuff that can be pretty cool but in this in this scenario it just seems like a logical extension of that same loneliness and inability to interact as there is no place for a dialogue yeah I, I, oh wow yeah that, that's, that's a really good point there is no dialogue there there's yeah. only monologue um, yeah e- even though the 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 point as the the organizer of the night says is to like bring people together have them tell yeah. stories and right. get to know on each other better but that's impossible if they're on a stage and, and like, dude that's re that's also re- recreated in the radio host right yeah like yeah, yeah. He, he pretends to be having a dialogue but he's having a monologue you know yeah yeah, yeah exactly um i want to go back to a point you just made okay um, which was that they all want to do the right thing yeah and that really jumped out at me as being unequivocally true they all want yeah. to do the right thing you can right. even make a point that the murderer of, of sabrina yeah absolutely in his own sense thought he was doing yep. the right thing yes yes um and maybe that's maybe that's true of all of all crime and of all kind of maladies go- of Damn, humankind. dude, that goes right back to the Chomsky-Foucault debate of yeah. um, Chomsky thinking, like, all people have a justification for what they're doing and Foucault being like, what? what is this justification you're talking about? It's yeah. culturally determined. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think this, this uh, I think Dernasso maybe takes the, the, the more Foucault side yeah. of this argument yeah, because so. what, he, what he's he's painting here what I think he does a really good job producing in in Sabrina mm-hmm. is a situation where society is working as intended. Yes. Everyone yes. is yep. is harmoniously or, you know, quote unquote harmoniously uh going about following their own personal interests. Yeah. Um trying to, you know, just interact with, with society yep. um in that way, which is yep. the way that, you know, capitalism dictates yep. that yep. Yep. human interaction should be. You know, it's yep. it's on a one to one basis. We are completely right. free individuals. All right. we have is what we can barter, trade, sell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, w- with with one another. Mm-hmm. Um and in that situation everyone, you know, seems to be d- trying to do the right thing. Uh, Calvin's yep. trying to help out his friend. He wants to, yep. you know, be be a good father. Yep. Um 
uh, Teddy, you know, also is, is just trying to do as best as he can, uh, given, mm-hmm. given the circumstances, you know, obviously Sabrina, um, who's presented as a, as a very, very shy, modest woman, yep. um, is, is trying to go about her best. Yep. Um, and in the end, all you have is, is this, this, <laughs> this awful situation where every, everybody is alienated from one another. They're, they're miserable. They have no way of yep. reaching out to one another. It, um, it seems like there are a series of events which all seem to take place off stage that end up having real impinge on people's lives in mm-hmm. ways that those people never really get any relief or resolution from that pressure they just have to keep coexisting alongside others without ever really connecting to with them about the shit that's happening yes yes um and from here, I, w- I want to segue a little bit to the to the conspiracy theorists. Yes. Um, because I, I think that was maybe the most the most interesting interesting part of the uh, the graphic novel for for me at least. Um, yeah. So in, yeah, in yeah, light absolutely. of in light of the disappe- disappearance of Sabrina, um, the conspiracy theorists online, the ones we've we've come to love on, in the past few years, <laughs> they start they start doing their thing, right? They start mm-hmm. talking about false flags. Yep. They start talking about government um, kind of crackdowns and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and that, that begins with, with her, uh, her kidnapping and little, um, trickles. And we, we can, we can follow this because, um, oh, the boyfriend's name. Um, what's his name? Teddy? Uh, Teddy. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Um, because Teddy, uh, the only thing he really does while he is, uh, staying with Calvin is he lays in bed in his underwear and listens to this, this Alex Jones radio station. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we can kind of follow the, the development of, um, of the conspiracy theorists and what what they're thinking. Um, you can also see this on on uh, this is this is kind of a nice little touch by Dernasso, um by following the uh, Calvin's inbox, his personal email inbox. Oh um, yeah. Uh, at one point, he's just he's getting a deluge of people accusing him of being like a right. false flag operator, and right. because he he says Sabrina's sister's name instead of Sabrina when yep. uh, when some some news people surprise him outside of his house. Right. So people instantly just kind of latch onto that and be like, he didn't even know her name. This guy must be yeah. a plant by the government. Right. Um. And he he gets like a, a ton of email after that, and then there's another massacre somewhere else where like a whole like daycare is is massacred right um and instantly his his inbox like falls back to zero right um, right 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 conspiracy theorists have kind of move on move on in the same sauron's way. eye gazes elsewhere exactly exactly but one, one of the people he gets emails from is some somebody called um i think it's the truth warrior is the name. right 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 and he sends i think two two or three really big long emails just rambling emails about yeah. when are you going to do the right thing calvin when are you going right. to give us the name of sabrina's real killer um and, th- and things like that like i'm growing impatient calvin like we, you know we need the truth and if we don't get it like blah 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 um but there's like a real desperation in, in oh, the yeah. truth warriors yeah. message like he needs the truth and, yep. and, and like it's it's not yep. a matter of of him like taking it upon himself to enact justice uh he, he's not like a, you know a, a vigilante character or even like a like a um I don't think a really threatening character, just kind of this this very desperate person, right? Who whose sense of of belonging in the world has just been totally shattered, in some way, um, maybe yep. by just yep. just ambient violence or maybe sure. by uh, some sort of personal thing. I don't know, um, but he's like pleading with Calvin, like just yeah. please, yeah. like someone needs to do something about this. Yeah, it's unclear what this what it is, yeah, um, but something needs to be done. These people need to be stopped. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that that really struck me as you know again another person just trying to do 
what they what, think is is I, right. And I I think that man, I think that's really good. That's a good little thing to point out there because like the irony of that situation in which the 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 truth warrior uh, believes he very clearly, as you said, believes he's on this righteous path. Like in in these emails that he sends, you can see how like in the beginning of the emails he starts out being like man i i feel for you that must be really hard Mm -hmm. and then by the end he gets a little bit threatening he's Mm -hmm. like hey i I think i know where your daughter lives and you can see that transformation where somebody goes from oh man i don't know what's going on and i want some sense of like safety or something some way for stuff to make sense that then like boils down into aggressiveness because it doesn't have outlet you know mm-hmm, it isn't mm-hmm. addressed in any other way than um just more piling on of this bad shit that happens like so in many ways i don't know it it, it makes sense that people constantly start exerting these slightly threatening behaviors again and again because none of them are ever really addressed to begin with you know well violence is, is a foreclosing method right it's it, right it, yeah. It's a tool to force conclusion yep. onto things. And right. um, something I've been reading recently was uh, Byung-Chul Han. He's a German mm-hmm. philosopher, actually, um, mm-hmm. despite his Korean name. His parents are Korean. Um, oh. He's he's really, really interesting. I've been reading his book, Psychopolitics. Uh-huh. And, it, and he talks a lot about um, big data in there and kind of oh, the collection, collection of oh, data cool. and, and information as an end in itself. Yeah. Kind of, you know, we'll just collect data and everything and we'll understand the world better. This The, the whole thesis behind mm. uh, big data collection. And what mm. he says there, uh, he, he goes into like a Hegelian discussion, um, oh, nice. w- which I'll spare you all with. But basically he, he comes <laughs> to the conclusion that um, big data is completely like uh, to, to kind of not the knowledge provided by big data is completely without spirit. Um, and what do you mean? Oh, by yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. It. Uh, it never comes to any sort of conclusion. Yep. Um, all big data does is accumulation and addition. It's just—it's yep. always more data. It's always right. more stuff. You never actually do anything with it or come to any sort of narrative. Um, yeah, there's no thesis in that. There's there's no thesis in it. Yeah. And, and I think because of this, and because the internet is this kind of this bottomless pit of data. Um, oh. You know, this 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 could be a crackpot thesis or something, but I, I think a lot of the reason people you've seen people losing their minds on the internet in the past few sure. years um, with yeah, conspiracy absolutely. theories, fake news, QAnon, stuff like that, is because right. they they just are spiraling into this bottomless hole of data yeah. Yeah. that never ends, never will right. end. Right. Um. It's 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 infinite, and they're just grasping for a conclusion. Oh, dude. Okay. I think this is such a great point. Can I add something here? I th- I think yeah. this is. Because I think one of the things that sort of drives a lot of the characters in this story and a lot of people fucking online doing crazy shit is the need for like a single totalizing narrative to make yes. sense of innately disparate information. Yeah, that's you know? the classic cause of all conspiracy theories. Like this, uh, absolutely. All this stuff absolutely. has to fit together. And like the dialectical approach would say, well, no, it continues to move. So like as it, you know, the thesis reacts reacts to the antithesis all that kind of stuff right mm-hmm. so there's a way to take in new information without um without having to collapse the contradiction at the core of it but that sort of like that thing going back to even the um personal narrative the the, uh, the style of stuff where everything needs to make sense to me then mm-hmm. becomes the actual enemy to um being able to exist in a a connected way um 
with it with the world around you i'm not sure that's totally making sense but i think you get what i'm getting at. yeah yeah for sure i mean when when you ex- when you exist so much on the internet and you are just kind of being continually fed more stuff, more news yep. from across the world, more more history, yep. more rumors, more conspiracies right. that poses right. history. Right. Um, you know, a what I think you're talking about, you, you start making those those connections yourself because you know yep. humans exist with kind of narrat- uh within a narrative. Yeah. We like we yeah. have to have yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that beginning because yeah. that that's you know that's our lives. We we're we're born then we die. Um, right. Uh, we are literary animals. We but, find um, patterns even if they're not there. Mm-hmm. But when you just start going down this hole of you know why does why am I miserable? Why mm-hmm. is why is random violence happening? Um, mm-hmm. Why are our politicians seemingly completely indifferent, mm-hmm. if not outright and, and uh, publicly corrupt? Um, mm-hmm. t- uh, in, in the face of all of our problems. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And, and you kind of using data and, and, and the computer as a tool to, to kind of help you make sense of all this stuff um, it gives you the sense that you ha- that if a conclusion is not going to present itself you must force the conclusion right yeah you yeah, are, yeah you must do yeah. something yeah uh, you know we as patriots must do something right right to to stop this thing to, to yeah. prevent this from happening to right. you know uh, this you know at the very you know if they're in, in the absence of an actual a uh, sense of conclusion, a sense of ending, yep. a sense of finality, right? All you have is a feeling of apocalypse. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like yep. if you if you don't know when the world is is going to end, but you just know yep. that the world is going to end, that that right. might in fact be yeah be worse in a way because then you just right. have this you know this black ooze, right? Uh, you know, surrounding everything outside of your your window. I I think that's entirely right. I mean, for so many reasons. Like one, this book does feel like it takes place as the apocalypse is going to happen and yet never really does right Mm -hmm. Uh, then also there's a lot of um oh i wanted to get fancy there and use eschatological but i love that word (laughs) uh, a lot of uh, apocalyptic posturing especially by the um by the uh the conspiracy guy who like talks about how Oh, this is all coming to an end. I can feel mm-hmm. it happening. I'm gonna be here to the very to the very end, holding out, telling the truth. Like yep. even I don't know if he directly says it's the apocalypse, apocalypse, but he's a- absolutely like turned towards it. You know. Um, yeah, and for, because, for the for the Alex Jones type, like the, the apocalypse is government takeover. Yeah. Right. It, it's a way of life ending, if maybe not the world I, ending. I I think in in the way it would operate is government takeover. I think you're absolutely right. But I think the what the actual threat of apocalypse is is the entrance of um is the first time they encounter the dialect and they meet the antithesis. Right. For mm-hmm. them, that's the end of everything because they need to believe their belief system is unchanging and is true. Um, yes. When in fact, like all belief systems shift over time. They have to, in order mm-hmm. to encounter new experience and information. Um, mm-hmm. And man, I'm trying to search for how to uh, pull this back into Sabrina itself um, and the characters. Well, actually that maybe that's a flaw. Maybe I shouldn't attempt to totalize the book. Um, uh, yeah. To fit into <laughs> that one thing. Right. Because this is uh-huh. an intersubjective story. It is. It's about the contradictions. Absolutely, and I think that the biggest the biggest contradiction of all is how 
and I think this is probably the contradiction of, of living in, you know, like a, a developed modern, postmodern society, is how um, neat and easy and convenient most things are. And if you're living... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in, in a, lot, a lot of places, clean, too. Yeah. Um, versus how bad everything feels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that, totally. That's kind of the fundamental contradiction. Um, yeah, yeah. Of, of modern living like you know yeah yeah I, I can do all sorts of shit with a supercomputer in my pocket yeah and you know I'm, I'm i can go to a giant food store wherever right. i want and i'm right. warm and you know yep. i've never actually had to like you know face someone who wanted to steal my shit or take over my country or something like that right but at the same time like i'm fucking really sad yeah and I'm er- super er- sad. everything I'm super around lonely. me just just seems alienating, alienating yep. and ex- exploitative. Um, it seems right. like everybody just wants to make a buck off me. Right. Uh, you know, everywhere I look, there's somebody preaching. You know, some sort of violent end to something. Yeah. Um, there's a new shooting every day. Yeah. Uh, just, just you know, just a war on like three continents <laughs> buzzing in the background for my entire yep. lifetime. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. And not. the like yeah. myths about war have changed to it's like well yeah. it's just it's happening and when the troops get home yeah it's it well the, yeah yeah the uh, the war we get now it's like it's like okay there's there's 17 major video games being played right now mm-hmm. and sometimes people die in them for real right, it's like, right. Uh, it's like, yeah. oh okay like i guess i yeah. get that yeah like, yeah <laughs> Everything is just so abstract and, and alienated from yeah like yeah yeah from material conditions from from you know the way we live, the way we you know the people we see every day if we even see anybody. Um, yeah. I think I think a really great stroke by Dernasso was to make Calvin's job um, from four to midnight maybe the most alienating oh, yeah, time totally. possible to yeah. work where you just yep. literally never see anybody but your coworkers. Right, and then he goes home and he plays a video game with his coworkers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just just the way that no one is really connected with anybody. Um, right. Things things feel bad. Things feel violent. Yet they right. aren't at the same time. Like that's it's, it's a discomforting feeling, and it just kind of makes you feel that at any moment, you know, that right. violence. That's that's just kind of, you know, it's 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 behind the barrier. You know, you right. can see the smoke once in a right. while. Sometimes you hear right. some some gunshots. Um, right. But at any moment, it could it could spill over. Right. And. I mean, one of the things that's so good about this book is that this is an extremely hard uh, feeling to convey because to speak about it directly doesn't necessarily give birth to it, right? It's more like... It's more like you're standing in a mountain range, right? Mm -hmm. And at a certain time of day, you get a certain feeling because the sun is in the right position so that you are standing in the midst of a series of shadows Mm -hmm. and and you don't know why those shadows evoke this certain kind of emptiness but they just sort of do because Mm -hmm. it's especially dark here and then as the sun you know goes further into the sky or whatever like oh it kind of goes away and you see that like the feelings themselves are evoked in the absence of light from these major major things standing in the way you know yes yes that's really good and to use another nature metaphor um the the feeling of this book is kind of reminiscent to me 
Um, and <laughs> Vietnam veterans also speak of this, of this phenomenon mm. of being in the woods for me, it was yep. hunting for them. It was like on patrol sure. or something yep. and just being aware of how quiet it was. Yeah. Because yeah, of, yeah, because yeah. all the animals were aware of you. Yeah. And they, and they you know, in, in Vietnam, it meant yeah, that's so that interesting. An ambush was probably about to happen. Yeah. But just this idea that you're in nature and yet you hear nothing like it's, yeah. it, it's dead beauty. And the expectation really... of presence. Mm-hmm. And yet there is none. Dead mm-hmm. beauty, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just really, really uncomfortable yeah. feeling yeah. As, as a human. Um, yeah, and that's Sabrina. A really uncomfortable <laughs> feeling as a human. Um, you should fucking read it. Yeah. That is, that is nonetheless an ex- extremely good graphic. One of the best graphic novels I've read in a while. I, I, yeah, I think so too. Um, um, absolutely deserves really to be nominated it, for a booker. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool if it um, won. Yeah, it didn't. Um, but oh, really? Uh, okay. I think yeah, I think it was last year, or maybe it is this year. I don't know. Should have let me um, operate on that half truth, Jarrett. <laughs> I could. I, I may be completely wrong. I don't know. Um, yeah. I didn't look into it that deeply. I just saw that it was long listed. Um, okay. Mm. Um, any final thoughts about Sabrina before we head to um, recommendations? I think we kind of hit most of them. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Also, I don't think we got too spoiler spoilery. So if you're still listening to this, there's plenty more in there for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I give it five bags of popcorn and five a little bags. FM radio set. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back for recommendations. Okay. All right. You ready for recommendations? You got anything? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I have. Yeah. 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 Okay. You want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, you ready? Yep. Okay. Three, two, one, go. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, it is time for recommendations, and then we're going to get you out of here. Um, John, what you got today? All right. So I have a, a couple quick ones um, from my favorite comic book writer, Grant Morrison. Um, Ooh, I'm going to do him too. <laughs> oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, nice. What's yours? Well, okay. So I kind of wanted to add something buoyant um, and fun to uh, counteract the um, the feeling of Sabrina. Um, uh-huh. The first is I was reading um, his most recent, like Klaus, his version of. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 Are those um, good? I haven't read any of them. It's fucking amazing, dude. He's, like he's so good, dude. I like it's just like it's him at his most like oh screw it let's just do a fun barbarian book we're like uh-huh. it's his weird like there's it's him and he's with a couple other santa likes like uh-huh. like uh father north and like the <laughs> yule goat and um they're reminiscing about some of their past victories um in which Hell they yeah. visited like i think a comet that was flying towards past mars or something like that and then it just goes to a page of like they're like we fought the dog the moon dogs and and so on and it's like a page of like um uh yellow submarine style visuals like of this weird trippy (laughs) shit it's just so it's so fucking like i love him so much unapologetically yeah i i love i it's so good it's so bright and bubbly and it's what i miss in a lot of superhero shit i haven't read it yet um, but he's been doing the the Green Lantern. Recently. I have. I love it have as you read well. It? Yeah. No, uh, no, you, Liam you're gonna Sharp's recommend that? art is yes, absolutely. Liam Sharp's okay, keep art going, is then. amazing. Um, Liam Sharp's art, awesome. It's like it's like if Green Lantern was birthed in 2000 AD. 
you know the the oh i like that yeah yeah um there's in the most recent comic um the earth goes up for bidding amongst a secret cabal of incredibly powerful (laughs) bad guys and god buys it and so uh how jordan puts god under arrest and i saw that yeah i was was just gonna bring that up Uh, i saw that online Um, it's so fucking good i saw Um, some some meme uh and apologize for setting a meme on this podcast but um it was uh it was like you know uh grant morrison before he started writing the comic yeah it's just gonna be a a real simple strip strip down cop (laughs) cop drama about a space cop (laughs) and it's like issue number three god you are under arrest what's funny is it still manages to feel like a cop drama like even in in that stuff so yeah I, i read it it's great yep yeah all right, what do you got? Uh, cool. I also have a, a Grant Morrison uh, recommendation. We did not plan this. It just kind of happened that way. I um, guess we're going to have to do uh, this, the second installment in our Grant Morrison Oh, to- uh, I would so be down. Pretty soon. There's a lot to choose from. He's very prolific, yeah. which is another great thing yep. about him. Um, yep. but I've been catching up with The Invisibles. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard nothing but good things about this comic for, for mm-hmm. my entire life, yet I knew mm-hmm. nothing about it whatsoever. Mm. Um. So o- over Christmas break, I decided to just, just buy myself the first volume and, and and get started. And I've really, really, really been enjoying it. Um, oh, awesome. I'm, I'm just, just just a few issues issues into it. Yeah. Um, it is you know much like Sabrina, it is all about kind of the uh, the hidden forces and secrets yes. behind yeah. modern living. Yeah. Um, but unlike Sabrina, uh, it is totally metaphysical. Um, yeah. and 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 uh, Grant Morrison kind of distills a lot of the. Uh, Anomi of of modern living to like uh, urban spirits that yep. like corrupted the world with cities and ancient the times and there's oh, people yeah. who need to fight them or something. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, but it's it's extremely good. Um, I, I'm having a really good time reading it so far. I've been, I'm reading it like late at night before I go to bed, so that's why. It might oh, be nice. Good. It's not it's not the, not the best. Yeah, it might um, be a good time to read it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really love it. Really love Grant Morrison's, you know, kind of singular take on uh, postmodernism. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, read the Invisibles yeah. if you haven't yet. It came out in '94 uh, for the first mm. time. Ran mm. uh, till 2000. Um, mm. Wikipedia lists list its its uh, genre as anarchist science fiction, um, <laughs> and that sounds pretty dope. So yeah. very cool. All right. Yeah. All right. Any any last words here, John? uh that's all for me i mean hopefully we can get you guys some something soon that would be good um yeah uh well we'll certainly get you this podcast um uh, as soon as possible um when the yeah. next one will be oh that's that's a, a great question um, right you know when, when when the the snows start thawing that's when you can start looking to soundcloud again probably <laughs> <laughs> um, no no we, we will try we, we we will we will endeavor um but every we'll get a bunch of groundhogs to to get yeah. winter early, and then, then you'll get it then. Yeah, yeah. But every every semester comes with its own challenges, so uh, we'll we'll see what this yeah. one brings. Um, right. But until the next one, uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, this pod. Hope you enjoyed uh, us talking about Sabrina. Um, we hope you, you go read Sabrina yourself. It was very very yes. good. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, for panel by panel, I've been Jared Green. I'm John Mango. Bye, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye.